Hello and welcome to Let's Be Honest. I'm your host, Just Jonda, and if you heard the music, you know what that means. Tonight, we are going to talk about the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. I know that you all may have noticed that the past few weeks, I've not done individual or some of my joint episodes of the show, but I have been watching it. I watched ahead a bit, and I just found that most of those latter episodes were, I would say from, where'd we leave off, maybe episode 10 on, were really just the aftermath of uh, of Las, well, not even Las Vegas, really the aftermath of the of Sharif's birthday party that's uh Sharif Jen's husband and it, it this is no reflection on the fact that I truly enjoy the show and I'm happy that they're going to get a second season um I just think that it kind of lost its mojo I would actually be and not entirely but um just in some ways and I would really be interested in knowing what part of this, because, you know, sometimes we see it out of sequence, but what part of this was filmed by the original production company versus the production company that came in around midstream? And you all know that I spoke about that if if you listen to this show, and I hope you have been, that I've spoken about that previously, uh, particularly as it relates to uh, Mary Cosby. And I did finally figure out that other person's name who was in the mix before Mary Cosby. And did I move it somewhere? Lord have mercy. Well, it's going to come to me again. But at any rate, we've talked about this, about the fact that even though they're trying to debunk the rumors a bit, I, I don't, I think that it's one of those things where what we've seen pretty much makes it clear that even though they're trying to say that it uh, the whole issue of Mary Cosby not being a permanent cast member and she was a friend and, and later upgraded, we can tell that from the filming. They can try and dance around it all they want. But at any rate, because of primarily our discussions as it relates to Mary Cosby, we know that there was a, a production company change uh, midway through filming, clearly not in enough time to really get much of Mary, despite the fact that they felt compelled to upgrade her. But... Um, it it just I just felt like there was a different vibe from the beginning of the season and how it was like boom 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 to where we were towards the end of the season. It was kind of like they gave us a denouement we didn't want. We got to a point of a big climax, and then it was like okay now we're gonna slide out of the season. And quite frankly, you don't want that on one of these shows, especially when it's a, a new show right out the gate you've got to grab people and hold on tight to them because oh I'm sorry I didn't turn my phone on mute because between 
whatever impact the pandemic has on filming combined with the fact that um there bravo has so many of these housewives shows plus married to medicine and the other things that they have that um they do some overlap but again i'm sure they're gonna they try to spread them throughout the year well when you have a new show that had what i guess this had roughly 13 14 episodes and you end it on more of a whimper as opposed to a bang that doesn't bode well for people looking forward to it when we're not going to see it again for seven eight nine months at least now if they're smart they will give us more maybe by summer even if it's just a little mini season so i'm giving you some jewels here bravo but i don't know if this show it would survive waiting nine months after giving it such a horrible lead-in by having it come on after the Real Housewives of OC, which we know it's the lowest rated show and it, it was just abysmal. And um, so of course that was not a good lead in for this show. And despite the buzz about it and those of us who were constantly talking about it on social media and getting folks to watch and people who even said they weren't gonna watch, especially some of my fellow African-American vloggers on YouTube were like, oh, we're not gonna watch this show, we'll start out. And then stuck with it because of the crazy. Well, it didn't, that part didn't stay. So I guess we'll see what they're going to give us on this reunion, but I'm concerned about that. They're doing a three-part reunion when they didn't give us three parts of a reunion worth of a show. And I know they tape for 10, 12 hours, so they feel like we have all this footage, we can make a three or four-part reunion out of it. Yeah, but we've seen some of these reunions where they they have all of this footage and they make a three or four part reunion and the reunion's still trash. Uh, for instance, Real Housewives of Atlanta had, what was that? A, was it a three part or a four part reunion? I don't even know, but the reality of it is that that reunion could have literally been 90 minutes. Now we've watched it because the Atlanta Housewives, that is an institution at this point on bravo and it and and reunion wise atlanta has pretty much carried as at, at least as it relates to the reunions not the show because the show's not great but reunion wise atlanta has always brought it in terms of the reunions the everything from the look to the hair even if you don't like the look or the hair they give you something to talk about even on zoom these ladies gave us more to work with with their looks than any of the subsequent reunions and they've all actually been in-house i.e potomac um the oc and uh salt lake city which i'm going to talk about in a bit because who lord those reunion looks and so on my preview, which I'm going to do at the end of this episode, so stick around, I am going to give you a taste 
of my thoughts on the reunion look so you don't want to miss it. So let's get into where we've been with this since Sharif's party. And I think I talked about the episode after that. So looks like we're going to skip ahead to when the ladies get ready to go to Vegas. Again, we have the sort of faux situation where Mary's not going and it's they're kind of acting like, oh, she didn't want to go and all of that. Now, in fairness, would she have fit in on the trip? Absolutely not. In fact, as much as everybody says, oh, where's Mary? Or we want to see Mary, especially if nothing else because of the kookiness or to see what she's going to wear. The more you see these women interact without her, and to a certain degree, when this, to see them interact, even when she's around, it is 100% clear that there is no connection between them and her whatsoever. Now, Jen has made it clear that when they met, because she let that slip, when they met and they started filming, she was excited to get to know her and be around her, another woman of color, but they don't know her. You can tell even when Lisa went to her house, she was uh, talking about it as if it was the first time she had been there. When she talked about uh, the house, uh, Mary's house decor, she didn't talk about it in terms of being someone who's talking about the decor of a friend like, oh, I've always thought this was crazy. She was talking like someone who's seen it for the first time. No one has had any comfort at Mary's house. First of all, they're always in the kitchen. They're not kicking back like they've done in Meredith's house, um, Lisa's house. We've seen Mary's kitchen, a little bit of the background off the kitchen, and uh, that monstrosity of a closet set slash bedroom and at this point that's what she sleeps in she sleeps in a closet that is supposed to be a bedroom but it is basically a hoarder's smorgasbord of designer uh, designer pieces, probably sample sale, because if you're really paying good money for this stuff, why would it be all over the floor? And let's face it, I've yet to see her wear any of this designer stuff that's actually cute. She's got every initial on, but none of it is ever cute. And it all screams uh, sample sale or you know, back of the store postseason uh, pieces. So, you know, anyway, but the the point uh, I started out with, because, you know, I always end up on a tangent, especially when it comes to her, that it, it was very contrived, the whole thing that she's not coming or whatever. Uh, again, I think that this is one of those things that was filmed when she just wasn't around. And that's why she's like Jamal. She lives in their phones. So, of course, they had that conversation, they had the little bit of conversation. It is going to be very interesting at the reunion addressing that whole Lisa Meredith uh, situation, because even at Heather's party, which would have been a, a good place to address that since that sort of underlines or underlies the argument that they're dealing with, let's not forget Mary was there 
and they still did not involve her. And to me, that speaks to one of two things that Lisa and or Meredith did say it. Now, quite frankly, I don't think that Lisa said it. Lisa doesn't strike me as somebody who is afraid of Jen. Lisa may get aggravated by Jen and may be annoyed by Jen, but I don't think that Lisa is afraid of Jen. And when it comes to Meredith, um, I think that if, if, she said anything along the lines, and, and let me un, uh, preface all, preface this by saying all of this is stupid. This is a stupid-ass argument. Okay, just so that we're clear, I'm not buying into this being any more important to continue to argue about than, hell, anything else they've argued about, but it's what we've got. Um, At any rate... I don't think, uh, oh, I was talking about Meredith. I think that as it relates to Meredith, just based on what we see of her and how she likes to remove herself from messy situations, I don't see her being deliberately messy and having a conversation like that, especially, again, with someone like Mary, who it is clear they are only dealing with because of this show. So I think that if there was a conversation, and again, I'm going to say if, because the longer this goes on, despite what Mary says about telling the truth in hell, her whole storyline is a lie. So we know that, you know, the whole Mary doesn't lie thing is some bullshit. But um, I think that if it was said, it was not said in the way that Mary conveys it. Based on the way that we have seen Meredith operate, I think that if it was said, it was said more along the lines of her discussing her discomfort with how Jen behaves when she drinks or when she gets upset. And, and that's not something that she wants to be around. It doesn't make her comfortable. She doesn't feel it's necessary. She's not that type of person. None of which I'm knocking her for. I'm, I'm just reiterating the types of things that she has said throughout the season. So if you're following what I'm saying, Meredith has never hidden the fact that when Jen goes Katie Kaboom, she finds that to be problematic. She said it to Jen's face. And she's pretty much said it to anybody who was around when she removed herself from various situations. So I can't see, given the level of consistency that she's had, that she's going to then flip it to, I'm afraid of her or whatever. Because again, I don't get the impression that she's afraid. She's just not here for it. And there is a definite difference between... I'm just not going to engage on this level with you or with anybody else, really, versus I'm afraid of this person's behavior. And as a woman of a certain age who prides herself on being a grown-ass woman when I'm out and about and in public and dealing with folks, while I think Meredith is about as interesting literally as white toast <laughs> with no butter or jam, <laughs> Um, it, it, 
it, that is a very separate issue from me admiring her stance on how she is going to engage with other adults. Now, for what the housewives has, I'm going to say, degenerated to, does that work for, um, in terms of her being on a housewives show? Not really, because we know that Bravo wants the engagement because that's what sells. That is what the Housewives brand has become, primarily because of Atlanta, as opposed to how it started out, which is just us watching fabulous women live fabulous lives with their money. But, you know, Water Under the Bridge, the, the, the series is what it is now. And what it is now is something that is built around drama. Yes, you know, you get the riches, well, from some of them, you know, uh, very few, some of them. But uh, primarily, it's all about the drama. So, um, so anyway we have we have that i'm looking forward to seeing how that issue is resolved i could care less about meredith or seth and seth so i can wrap up meredith and seth right now so i'll just go person by person i'll wrap up meredith and seth how it ended by the rest of the season it was more of their weird we're back together and we have to convince the world that within these white walls with the bed that looks like it's almost on the floor that we are more in love than ever and we have very weird oddly uncomfortable for the audience conversations about it and i'm and and it's i'm no prude i just find them to be uncomfortable <laughs> Uh, it, it, they're just they're just weird and the the whispering and and Meredith always like seeming like she's on the dolls and if you don't know what I mean by saying on the dolls look uh, check out the movie Valley of the Dolls you'll pick it up so that's Meredith and Seth I mean they are doing the quote happy happily ever after unquote thing and. I've, I've told you all before how that whole thing went in terms of filing for divorce and then pulling it back and whatever. So will Meredith and Seth be together for the long haul? Um, I think it's really going to boil down to what image she actively wants to portray because as long as they are living in two different places, their situation is going to be on life support and they don't have small children that sort of forces them to engage as a family to uh, you know inspire them to really be in each other's space so i think whether or not we see them break up or separate again as we have sadly watched the demise of other house housewife marriages is really going to come down to how much effort either of them puts into maintaining 
this image and or until one or both of them fall in love with the various people that admittedly they've been dating throughout this process. Again, before, uh, when we get to it, you'll know how I feel about folks, about Jen talking about it. But for the record, Meredith more or less admitted she didn't say that all of them were that she and Seth were at the club pop locking and dropping it to everybody that uh, they came across. But she made it clear, uh, which I I'm not hating on, that we were separated. And during that time, we both did our own thing. Now, is that something that I appreciate people, especially someone who's supposed to be my friend? running around and talking about no and i think what probably pissed her off even more and again this is another just jonda supposition is that i think that there is a very strong possibility that she actually alluded to that with jen and that is why it was so bothersome to her that even, well, even more bothersome to her that Jen said something to the other girls. I don't think that Jen was guessing or assuming at all. I think that Jen knew it for a fact and just played it off like it was a rumor because, you know, even though she was dumb enough to tell people in their same circle, she wasn't totally dumb enough to tell them that Meredith told her personally. But I absolutely got the impression that Meredith's anger was twofold. Not just that she said it, but that she said it after me telling you that information in confidence. I don't get the impression from the way that Meredith rolls and the fact that she tends to keep everyone even lisa who she is supposedly the closest to at some level of arm's length as it relates to her business that she would be so sloppy that everybody and their mother would know that she had a little homie on the side especially given that she doesn't have uh young kids at home i mean her annoying son uh took the semester off college to do this show but Meredith doesn't have to be at home having whatever type of relationship she could travel and everything else which I'm sure she does for her business so I think she told Jen or or at least told her something and um things got even more offensive okay so who are we going to next let's go to Whitney Whitney, um, as far as her personal stuff, because of course everybody's stuff is going to come together we're, and we're going to cover, uh, after I go through them individually, we're going to cover Vegas, the aftermath of Vegas, Heather's party, and then the looks. That's it. I'm not going to keep you all um, here longer than, than about 30, 35 minutes. So uh, Whitney, it looks like things are going fairly well. It's certainly uh, as we saw with the season finale with her dad. I was definitely, and I'm not sure if we, yeah, I think Sharita and I may have talked about this um, in one of our episodes. I was definitely giving her dad the side eye. I was not feeling him at all in terms of uh, how 
he apparently made her feel um, obligated to take care of him. I think that after seeing that, it probably, uh, I, I think it gives a little more perspective into why the son doesn't like him, Whitney's brother. Now, granted, I don't, I'm, I don't get the impression, if I recall from Whitney talking about her familial makeup, I don't know if Whitney's brother is his child. I kind of think that they're not. I think that she and her brother may have different fathers. I could be wrong about that. But whether they do or they don't, I could certainly see that whether this is his biological father or his stepfather, he is not as wrapped up and invested in his recovery, probably from being hurt and everything else. And even more so because he is the brother, probably seeing the impact that it had on his sister and his mother. And given that it seems to be fairly clear that he is close to Whitney, um, not being happy with seeing his little sister be uh, more or less taken advantage of because as sad as the story is and as much as we want to root for anybody whether it's this person on the show we've never met before or within our own lives uh, root for their recovery when we're having the hard conversation about addicts when we're not all hearts and flowers going, oh, woe is me. We have to feel bad for them because they're an, you know, they're an addict and they can't help it and they need help and whatever. An addict full throttle in the, in the mix of, I, I know I'm going to use alliteration here, full throttle in the throes of their addiction are some of the most manipulative people on the planet, whether it is the tactics they're using to justify their addiction or to get people who they know they can manipulate into giving them things, um, avoiding recovery until they get to that point where they face the fact that they do need it, if ever. If you have, which I have, uh, which I have extensively dealt with addicts in your family, because I have extend, uh, it's come up quite a bit in my ex uh, extended family, um, and then of course with my clients, because as you know, uh, the many many years as an attorney, um, they are extremely manipulative, and what happens a lot of times is there are there's usually one or more people like, especially like a mom or a sibling um, or even a husband or a wife who the addict has a particular hold on, whether from, whether it's a codependency type hold or just someone who is just never determined not to let them fall, even though they've, already fallen. Um, in my family, it tends to be the mothers, but you know, the, we know the mother's love. The And there's usually someone or someone's or maybe an entire family on the outside looking in who could see it for what it is. And it creates tremendous conflict and, and certainly resentment of the addict and not necessarily because of, their, of the addict, but the addict's impact 
on everybody else or on that person. And that is what I see with um, Whitney and her brother. And again, I was getting those feelings, feeling very triggered in some ways as well about uh, in terms of that outside looking in and seeing uh, that there was some, some manipulation, especially when he talked about wanting to get out of rehab. I was like, girl, so, <laughs> so yeah, so that was, um, I was glad to see though, um, by the time we got to the last episode that he is trying to get back out there. His, his love is doing hair and, you know, if he can do that and take care of himself, it certainly will keep him busy and all of that. Then, hey, apparently he had a beauty school, so he has some skills. They probably need to be sharpened up because it's been a while. And I think if he would just do something with that awful mop on his head, whatever that is, whether that's his real hair badly dyed and processed or whether it's a wig, if he would do something with that, I, hey, open up shop. I'm just not one for uh, getting my hair done by someone whose hair looks worse than mine coming in the door. So, um, so that was nice to see. So that's the wrap up of her personal stuff. Heather, uh, what's going on with her personally kind of circles back into the group because she is opening a larger space with her, uh, what's it called? Beauty spa, something like that. But it looks, it looks like it's going to be amazing and good for her. She picked the right business uh, and certainly the right business for where she is. Cause Lord knows those women have yet to see an injectable that they don't want shoved in their faces. Uh, Mary included, uh, if you look at how she looked before versus her looking now, although she just looks like she's had full blown reconstruction right down to her skin tone. Um, so that's pretty much what's going on with her. The rest of her stuff wraps up with the group. Lisa, we got Lisa walking around as always. She's so much busier than everybody else. And she has this separate group of fabulous friends and nothing different with Lisa. Um, by the final episode, she was definitely more tolerable to me. She's still never going to make my favorites list. And she definitely isn't on the party bus with me and uh Whitney, Jen, and Heather. And uh because unlike the rest of them, if I see Jen start clowning, I'm be like, look, Heather, I'll just toss you off the bus. What you want? You want to hang with us or you want to be waiting on the curb for Sharif to be mad again because he got to come and pick you up. And and we'll wrap that whole thing up right there because we're not even going to get to the point where you act a fool. I love you, but this is something we will not do. Okay, so let's get back to the group altogether because like Heather, Jen's wrap up sort of sort of comes full circle with the group, not necessarily resolved, but it's still involving the group. So um, as I said before, they decide to go to Vegas and we see as they go to Vegas, the group is still somewhat splintered because as we know, the dirty bathtub meeting with her, Whitney and Heather, it did end on some 
you know, we're girlfriends waiting to exhale white virgin in a dirty tub in Utah version. But um, you could tell that it was Heather did a good job breaking up the tension. And Whitney, of course, was there and tried to get in. But I could tell even when that when that situation wrapped up and apparently it was way worse than what we saw that Jen um, really wasn't feeling one or the both of them. It was just basically time to wrap it up. Um, and of course, subsequently, we know that it absolutely did not wrap the situation up, at least as it relates to Jen's feelings about Whitney. And then, of course, we saw some residual stuff come out with her and Heather. But initially, most of her anger was focused at Whitney. So by the time they get there between before and, and, and going, you saw Jen take, uh, we knew that it was going to be a fractured group. Whitney had apologized to everybody, as we know. Meredith, doesn't care. Lisa, I mean, I as we know, neither of them really put much stock in Whitney anyway. I think that them being cool in Vegas and having a good time is because that's what you do. You've gone away, you're in Vegas, you're on Bravo's dime probably, so you have a good time. And Whitney has never really, other than that one incident, we haven't seen her really do anything to them to make them dislike her. I just think that as we've seen from episode one, that Meredith and Lisa, and more so Lisa of Death for sure, have it in their minds that they are better than Whitney and Heather. And then you combine the situation with Whitney's age and the fact that she's outgoing and likes to party and whatever, that they just view her as not on their level. And, and of course, I'm sure that if that conversation is had, whether at the reunion or anywhere else, they will try to put it on her age because we saw that at the luncheon where they kind of tried to shush her. Um, because of her uh, because of her age and she had to point out to them that they're old as shit and still act like kids um so there's no reason for them not to be nice to her she apologized that's what she was supposed to do because she repeated something in a piss poor setting that if we're supposed to be friends or at least trying to have a friendship, you should have said it to us before you said it to Jen anyway. Because that to me is the second layer of what Whitney did at the party that really didn't get discussed because it got lost in the whole um, discussion about Jen flipping out and had she not said it to her and whose fault that was and et cetera. There's also, at least for me, and being an adult in the way that me and my girls operate, she should have said something to Whitney, and I'm sorry, to Lisa and Meredith about it, even before taking it to Jen to get their side of the story. Now, again, I don't know if I would have engaged in any of this because it's all childish. But uh, because if I had one 
sort of acquaintance because they're not friends they're like her and Mary if I had an acquaintance that was somewhat you know in our group or on the periphery of my group tell me that two of the other friends mentioned having some apprehension or fears or concerns about another friend who does have a tendency to pop off I don't think that would have mattered to me as something I needed to repeat because if I've got two sort of white bread friends like Meredith and Lisa and you know just kind of how they roll and oh we're so this and that and they expressed concerns or or fears or whatever about the pop-off borderline hood friend those concerns would be completely legitimate even if they didn't say it who would blame them even if this was three of my friends that i cared about equally it would not have bothered me that the two friends said that about the other friend why because based on their personality and the type of people they are their experience of the pop-up friend and them having that kind of concerns about her generally or being in her presence would make perfect sense so it wouldn't be anything that i would need to run back and forth to tell anybody if the other if the acquaintance told me that i'd be like yeah and okay you know not surprised under the circumstances whatever so what so what are we having for brunch i mean <laughs> and that would be it now the only area that may have may got may have gotten me in trouble of course as you noticed from my last comment is if that person went to everybody and said well jonda says she wasn't surprised okay and i'll own that and be like no i'm not surprised because they're milk toast and you're pop off so of course that is it's uncomfortable and so all of that she apologized i think that meredith and lisa appropriately accepted her apology because it, it really wasn't that big of a deal i've already said earlier uh whether or not i think it was really said i can't imagine that they would leave out discussing that at the reunion because quite frankly other than um mary's crazy personal life that she's gonna lie about anyway um there's really nothing else to talk to her about i mean there there really isn't uh, we i'm sure they'll address that she married her steppapa and she will um tell the same lie that she's been telling even since before the show started that we debunked here on this podcast months ago and there really there really isn't that much to discuss i mean uh, yes they will probably address the whole hospital smell thing because that was literally her entire storyline with jen and what sort of set the the boulder rolling down the hill with that i hope that they do not beat it to death i'm sure when they were filming they probably did but i hope they do not beat it to death and moreover i hope that no matter how much they talk about it that jen 
will not pop off. I don't think that is necessary because at this point, that horse has been beaten so bad that you might as well shoot it. So that uh so okay so they're in vegas jen does a a set aside as we know with heather so that they can talk and she pretty much spends that whole time once again backpedaling from any acceptance well at that point i don't think there really was much acceptance of responsibility and really just um trying to reinforce to Heather that Whitney was problematic. And that part was weird because I don't think that Whitney and Heather are play play cousins. Whitney and Heather are friends, but I do think that they're cousins. Yes, they refer to each other as friends. My cousin Carrie is one of my closest friends, but she, and you know, in company of all the friends, she's referred to as friend, but she is my cousin. So um it, it was just very strange that that whole thing to even get into it about Whitney and also we know that Heather uh is the peacemaker so I, I don't really know what you expected or what Jen expected her to say that be like okay I'm not gonna be cool with her uh, I don't know so um, the ladies meet up. So there's there were two different meetups, but I'm just going to smush them in the one. You have Jen. Uh, she's having a conversation with Meredith. Again, Meredith is not going to have you yelling at her and talking crazy. So at one point, I think Meredith removed herself from the situation, but then they got together again. And Jen basically went off and said, you're not my friend and you don't care about me. And when Heather tried to calm her down, she physically pushed her. And, um, and it, yeah. And so I, I just think that the whole thing just went too far. My concern, and I, I'm going to do a quick aside here and we're going to go into a break. And when I come back, I'm going to give you like a quick two minutes regarding Jen and then we'll continue. Okay, we're back. So this is my concern as it relates to Jen moving forward into season two. There is no question whatsoever that lover or hater, and we know that Jen ev evokes very strong reactions from people. I think on the FNDD blog, she is, uh, most people are pretty much in the hate category which is which I find to be sad because Jen unquestionably started out on this as my favorite character and notice I said character or personality not as a person because I don't think we're seeing the real person um, which is fine because this is a show and we are well beyond any of this being reality it's been on too long the women know how to produce themselves all of that so some are just better at it than others, not to mention the fact that you have the actual producers telling them what to do, setting up scenarios, setting them up against each other, all of that. And whether you like Jen Shaw or not, Jen carried this entire season on her back. There would have been no show to be had here as it relates to what people have come to look for from these shows. I don't, but I know that that is the formula in terms of the drama and the histrionics. 
none of the none of the things that work into the formula would exist on this show without Jen Shaw. And, and and so I think for that you can't really you can't hate on that aspect of it. Um and and the strong reaction comes along with that because of course there you can carry a show on your back but the question is how. And so there's that. This this um you know, you can love whoever else you want. You could be Team Heather, Team Whitney, Team Lisa, whatever. But as far as the formula, Jen. Heather was fun. Whitney was fun. And they are definitely my faves too. But it was Jen. Now, the problem with that is they did not sort of reel it in so that her big personality remained likable because everything then was tied to alcohol and crying and massive tantrums and um all of that as opposed to where we started with just the fabulous clothes and the big house and the likable family because Sharif, very likable. Her son's gorgeous. Like the lifestyle, all of that, you know, she's rocking the hills in the snow. Even that gave people something to talk about. Um, hell, if you want to talk about the, her facial changes, okay, fine. But again, something to talk about. The problem is that the something to talk about with her went from just, you know, oh, she's a wild card. She's a big personality, whatever, whatever, to her behavior being viewed as problematic by other people within the cast. And then, of course, from the audience looking at it like, okay, it's too much. She making them uncomfortable. Hell, she making me uncomfortable. I mean, you literally have people on YouTube and stuff who say like, who are laying bets that her and Sharif are going to break up this person that she's been with most of her life and that he really doesn't love her and probably has another family someplace else. And that's why he's away so much or whatever. It is to that degree of likable that unlikable that people would literally make up entire scenarios about her life and her marriage. And I, and again, I think that's unfortunate because as we have seen on this show and, and any other reality show, you can be a big character and you're still going to have your lovers and your haters because uh, big characters always do. But you don't have to uh, have that to the point of making it unlikable and problematic. And that is something that makes me nervous for her with this reunion because if they can't talk about these issues and stuff without having the big gen blow up, then that is going to be the last, that's going to be the way that we go into the long wait to the next season. People will be dreading seeing her, which is going to make the inevitable, because it always happens, which is going to make the attempt at redeeming her show persona 
harder next season and could potentially even turn off viewers because she evoked such a strong reaction in people that they may not watch the show because she's there. Because again, this show is carried on her back. So if the main person that brings the the events or the drama or in in a you know just that brings the stuff to the show is somebody that everybody hates there's no incentive to watch the show we can love Whitney and Heather all all we want to but there's not a whole lot that either of them did or that we saw from them where one can argue that they could carry uh, an entire show and we certainly aren't going to get that with Lisa and Meredith. Mary is just special on a whole other level. And I suppose there is definitely show to be had there because anytime she was on screen or talked about something, we definitely <laughs> discussed it. Even the situation with her and, and the weird cousin. Um, but again, because everything with Mary is so shrouded in sort of this weird lies and deceit in the church and really not seeing any type of um, true familial re um, interaction or other friends. Um, you don't really get much because remember on most of the other housewives shows, when you get some stuff as it relates to the families, especially if the families are nearby, it is there is some other adult reaction and it's not necessarily with their kids. It's with, and, and you know, of course, it's with their spouse, spouse to a certain degree, which with her, it's oogie, so you really don't want to see it. But if nothing else, especially with your Black shows, you get them with their mom, sister, brother, like, some dynamics that are going on there. Even when you're dealing with um, newer characters, you get some other dynamics going on with other adults, unless their lives together are very, very active. I mean, the Potomac women, you didn't really see much extended family, but with them, it's a bit different because those women, at least several of them, are very much still in the child-raising years. So their family um, interaction is with the family that actually lives in their house. Um, and so, and that makes sense. But when you have ones where the kids are older or whatever, you bring in a little more flavor from the outside. And Mary, with having so much family in town, in the church or whatever, that could be a good formula for that, except for the fact that there is a lot of dishonesty and drama that she, for you know obvious reasons, doesn't want coming out. So you're not going to get that from her. And Mary by herself, how many times can we, you know, see the weird eye thing and, you know, just it's yeah. A uh, quick note about the cousin. Remember she had the cousin that was living with her that was like sort of the maid. She talked about the fact that she's lived with her like uh, pretty much her um, son's entire life. So like 
17, 18 years, even though she doesn't know her, she doesn't know anything about her. She referred to her as her, uh, what did she call her? I think she said her grand, her grandmother's brother's daughter or something, which bottom line is it would be her cousin. Um, well, news reports came out several weeks ago, probably within a few, I guess, was it last week? Maybe the the last week of the week before. Interestingly enough, it was a very short piece with Mary because she, as we know, she doesn't, she rarely interviews or does very short ones. And she said that the cousin is no longer living with her. She alluded to something going on with the cousin. Yeah, I don't know. She sort of almost made it like, the cousin did something that showed her to be untrustworthy in some way. So she's no longer living with them. Okay, so Vegas was a bust. They um, they assume that because Jen ended up storming out, that that was the end of that. Although then later on, she runs into, I think, Lisa maybe and is interacting. I think Heather too, as if none of it ever happened. Yes, it was Heather that mentioned it. She's like, yeah, I ran into her and she's like, hey, you know, whatever. So it's very strange. Um, Jen also talked to Sharif on the phone as she always does. So let's get back to Salt Lake City. Um, we haven't had much from the church. We know that the Mormon church is our seventh housewife, um, but, you know, it's always there. So they get back to Salt Lake City, and so we have the aftermath from Vegas. Of course, everybody is telling their spouse. We know Meredith is telling her spouse. Lisa is telling her long-suffering spouse slash maid. And uh, Heather is talking about the fact that, you know, she just wouldn't be treated by, she wouldn't allow her daughters to be friends with someone who treats her that way. And, well, girl, take your own advice. I don't know what to tell you. So, um, big thing we know it's coming up is that Heather is getting ready for her opening. So we know that because the season finale is uh, looming, that that's going to be the big event that takes us out of the season. It happens on most of the shows. And that everybody is going to be there despite what is going on, um, because clearly their situation wasn't as extreme as, say, Potomac, where clearly um given what side of the fence robin was on in terms of the conflict that she wasn't going to invite monique but excuse me their situation wasn't that deep plus the um, invitations had gone out beforehand and there's discussion about that uh sharif and jen have a discussion about it and he basically told her it you know long story short you gotta go and you gotta act like have some damn sense if there's people you need to uh, apologize to you need to apologize to them because ultimately if you want them in your life then you have to treat them like you want them in your life and so it all all of which makes sense so they move on and we get to the because there really isn't much there i talked about um, Whitney's father already so that was in the last episode I must say when Lisa and Jen met because they met right uh, not too long before the party loved Jen's Louis Vuitton bag that was sitting on the bar I don't blame you you're not hanging that on the hook or putting it on the floor you're going to sit it right up on the bar Lisa said um, I'm sorry Jen said when you attack my character my family or anyone I love girl 
ad, your house, your clothes, your car, your shoes, your makeup, you walking down the street, you eating a sandwich. I love you, Jen, but I'm going to have to love you from a distance because you're wearing me out. Uh, Seth and Meredith and their weirdness. He says he loves the new Meredith who slices his sandwiches in the quarters. Meredith seems high on the dogs, on the dolls. Their house, everything about it's so neutral. Even the dog is the same color as the new home carpeting. You know that color. Uh, Heather, she talks a good game when Jen is not around, but when she's there, we'll have to see if she's going to cry. I love Jen and Sharif in dance class. Sharif, brother, has some moves. I love it. Uh, you can tell in that confessional that Jen had been crying at some point, the confessional when she was wearing the blue, because she looked very different in the later part of those confessionals than she did in the earlier part. Like her makeup and stuff was washed out. Her nose was stuffy. And um, it, it was, it was I, I felt bad for her. Um, but I love that when her husband said, what will never change is the love I have, the love your boys have and the love of your family who loves you to the core and you're my princess forever. I love you with all my heart. So that was sweet. Meredith said, I don't like drama, but yet she did take issue <laughs> with Jen meeting with Lisa. I didn't necessarily have a problem with Jen and Lisa meeting. Um, I, I just... It, Meredith, if you have a problem with it, do what you always do and disconnect. So ultimately, everybody goes to the party as usual. Jen was the only one who really brought it. I liked Whitney's dress, just not for that occasion. At first, I felt like it aged her a little bit, but I, I didn't mind the cut. I think that made it young. Uh, as usual, Meredith tried hard and looked dated like she was an extra on Dynasty. The thing on that mask on her face, girl, by. Um, Lisa was pretty much the same. We know she keeps it casual. Heather in the pink, uh, it just made me sad. Mary came in with her hair looking a mess, wearing some frock she picked up off the floor. Um, I think it was silver. And Jen really was the only one who looked like she was wearing an outfit that was current, something you'd wear when you were going out. Um, I think that what was strange about this is that nobody looked like they were all going to the same function. Now, Heather had on her different shades of Pepto-Bismol and it just, I mean, it really made her look like a Pepto bottle. It was not flattering to her at all. And that was unfortunate because at most of the fancy events, Heather's actually looked quite nice. So was um, was disappointed in that outfit. Very disappointed. Just not, oh, it was just awful. It was like mommy tried to be young and we took her to Forever 21 and squeezed her into something that just made her look a mess. So of course the ladies... Um, Ended up talking without Mary, who was there looking like she didn't know anybody. Heather still seemed to have a bit of a battery in her back and stood her ground, which she should. I, I didn't have a, an issue with that. We knew she would ultimately still want to be Jen's bestie, but that's fine. Um, Jen, with a little extra support from Lisa, took a few steps forward and apologized to the ladies individually and collectively. I like that. Unfortunately, she took some steps backwards when she wouldn't be specific about the apology because Whitney, who probably was like, you know what, 
I'm just gonna go there because she's been treating me like crap. Whitney wanted her to be specific in her, wanted Jen to be specific in her apology. And so, of course, then Jen kind of hemmed and hawed. I, I don't really know what I'm apologizing for. And that was unfortunate because, and it, it kind of made me sad because when she was apologizing, which I did, I, I did not think was, I didn't think that the apology was fake. I just, I think she just blocks taking it to the next level. Um, and, and I don't, and the reason why I don't think it was fake is part of, partly because of their faces, because they seemed genuinely receptive to the apology, which to me says something about what we what they were feeling in the moment even if it wasn't if everybody didn't necessarily pick that up watching it on television and unfortunately you saw their faces change which is not an easy feat for any of them um when she retreated into the faux confusion and and that would be annoying because you you feel like somebody is gaslighting you like Okay, so you apologize to me, but now you're acting like you don't know why. So do you want me to go off? So then you can be like, but I was apologizing to you. Yeah. So um, I think the person who was most disappointed was Heather, because as we know, Heather is the one who wants the most from her. Um, Meredith, I think, is over it. Lisa, on the other hand, seems to be on this thing this effort to be friends with her so we'll see um Whitney seemed pretty much over it as well um Meredith again has been handling her with a long-handled spoon so that is pretty much how it ended um and I know at least as it relates to Lisa um Lisa and Jen are good because I, I've seen them retweeting each other. The rest of them on Twitter, um, I've tweeted and they've tweeted back sort of, uh, individually, but I haven't really seen them um, engaging with each other now that I think about it. So let's talk about the reunion. So I'm going to take a quick break and come back. We're going to talk about the reunion looks because this is the reunion pre-show. I'll be right back. Okay, I'm back. So the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City reunion looks. Well, um, I could tell they were going for a winter wonderland kind of feel. You could tell because Andy had already released the set. So he tried to, not necessarily Winter, winter Wonderland per se, but because um, there wasn't, you know, it wasn't like the frosty frozen look. It was more so that they were trying to give you a feel like a Salt Lake City. So you had some sort of rustic winter. And, um, and based on that, because again, you get the snow and, and what have you. So it probably, that's probably what made the stylist lean towards a winter gala event wear. So their clothing was definitely, the style of their gowns were definitely things that you would more so see at a winter gala. I'm still sad about gala season. I didn't get to wear any gowns this year and it's too hot for me to sleep in a nightgown. Whew. 
So I'm sad I didn't get uh, any, I didn't go to any galas this year, any balls. I would have told you all about them. I couldn't go. So, um, whether we like the individual dresses or not, I must say collectively, um, all of the dresses would be on queue for events between November and January. So again, without getting into the individual dresses, because they left a lot to be desired. Um, but the, um, given that it was filmed in January and the overall theme of the set, it made sense. And of course, in this one in particular, kind of like we tend to see in Beverly Hills, they wanted to make clear that they have jewelry. So there was lots of jewelry. Um, I saw the pictures, of course, in a magazine, so it'll be interesting to see if on the show Andy has them show off their jewelry. Now, some of them, like Meredith, you won't be able to miss. She has on several of her signature rings, so that'll be kind of fun if they do that. Now, with the actual fashion, uh, sadly, everybody missed the mark. I was really, really disappointed, especially with Jen, because Jen has hit it consistently all season. Whitney has the body, the hair, the face, and consistently all season. Was she, it was hers as horrible as the rest? No, but it was too matronly. So wasn't pleased with that at all. You can definitely do gala fashion and not look 70. Mary, of course, did not miss the mark. She did exactly what we expected her to. She looked a hot mess. So I'm going to make it quick because I'll get deeper into it when we actually talk about the reunion. So I'm just going to tell you, nobody, nobody did it for us. Uh, Jen, it was sort of dancing with the stars, ice skater, Mary. We knew it was going to be dreadful. It was. Lisa, the best thing I could say about hers was the color. It was great on her. It was great on her skin. Her makeup was fantastic. Bronze is her color, but the dress just looked like somebody threw some material over and put some pins in it, kind of like they do um, in the in the dressing room on Project Runway when they're pinning their outfits and they're draping in material. Well, that's what uh, Lisa's looked like. Meredith, Meredith, Meredith. Was gold, half long, half short, suit, dress, sort of tuxedo. I mean, it was dated, played out. Everything about it was just bad. Heather, I love you, girl. But um, it was bad. And also, don't let anybody ever do a close-up of your hands again. Whitney, like I said, um, top to bottom, I'll say she was the best of the bunch. Now, the bunch being them. Uh, the color was good on her, hair good, makeup good. In fact, a little behind the scenes tea. Her and um, her and Lisa actually got their makeup done by the same person. Because it said who did hair, who did makeup. Um, and they did have, but those two actually had the best makeup. So and it's not that their makeup was alike. The makeup suited each of them individually, but their their makeup artist um, was good and did a great job on them. And 
So when I do this reunion and we really get into the fashion and whatever, we're going to do this live because I definitely want to hear what other folks have to say. And of course, we'll bring in Sharita because I know everybody enjoys her as well. But I am going to go. I definitely went over what I did, but I hope that you all enjoy it. There will be lots more shows this week because we got to catch up from last week. So definitely stay tuned. We've got a show that's going to give you our new segment, Deep Dive. And of course, we're, we still have the uh, LBD uh, that's going to be coming up, the legal breakdown, that, and we're going to be focusing on the pardons this week. So we're going to get into that as well. So again, very excited with all the stuff that is coming up. Follow me on all your social media platforms at Let's Be Honest JJ. That's L-E-T-S-B-E-H-O-N-E-S-T-J-J for Just Jonda. Of course, on Facebook, and you'll see the link where you can join us on the Fashion and Drama Diaries, where we have a good time talking about everything every day. So, um, and of course, please stay in touch with me. You can definitely DM me or answer me and let me know the things you'd like to hear for the LBD. Send me your legal questions and I will certainly incorporate those into the show. And if you have Apple iTunes, please go on there, give us five stars and a review. It absolutely helps out the show, keeps us uh, upper, it keeps our numbers high so that more people can listen and get in on the fun. And as always, remember, if you're thinking about it and want to talk about it, whether it's news, celebrity gossip, or even these crazy shows, chances are I'm thinking about it and want to talk about it with you. So let's be honest together. Bye-bye.